the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. And it's Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. We are, uh, like, I think, just halfway through the 15 days to stop the spread. Uh, and, uh, yeah. We're going to wrap it all up by uh, Easter. Apparently. And I haven't even... What is that? Is there, is there anything behind that projection? Uh, no, it's just when uh, our president wants to end the uh, restrictions. Okay, well... It's just a, an, a very ambitious. He wants it done by Easter, and we're going to be done by Easter. It's going to be great. Yeah, that sounds um, plausible and fine, and you can ex- all expect that to happen and bet on that. Yeah, uh, on Easter, we're going to um, all just go out into the air and hug each right. other and, you know, like Lazarus from the tomb. <laughs> right. We'll yeah, very symbolic choice of all holidays. Yeah, Easter is a weird day to, to do it. Um, right. And also, Easter is a day that uh, a lot of stuff would be closed already, so strange day to decide <laughs> to open up all the businesses. Yeah, you should wait, you know, we should open up everything on Black Friday. That symbolic, <laughs> that might be a good way to re-energize. Yeah. Just wait this out until November, everybody. Um, so, uh, now you have been, have you been, have you been home? Like, have you been doing your job being like, housebound for the last seven days absolutely it's funny because i was just thinking as we were setting this up last week we chose to record remotely on the basis of it's probably much wiser to do this remotely uh and then now we're doing it on it's mandatory to do it remotely i'm just kind of it's becoming one of those things where it's you know when you never leave time begins to work in weird ways and so it's it's just trying to remember when things became things are moving so quickly that it's hard to exactly log and remember it when things when it was mandatory to stay home versus when it was recommended to stay home versus when it was recommended to to you know all, keep a safe amount of distance and not have fifty people and then that became you know two hundred two hundred people to fifty people to ten people it's it's I'm I'm, I'm I've lost track so much quicker than I thought that I might right uh, but yeah was, but I'm, I've been, I, I do very good about staying home I mean the, the first time I've even gone outside within a couple of days was today to walk my dogs and even then I was just so conscious of like anytime I could see somebody within eye shot uh, right. in my eye line down the street I would immediately cross the street just in case <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you uh, there's not that many people out on the roads is there no, but I'm like even just other people walking dogs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, or people like just go out and you know doing some gardening work. Um, yeah. I definitely there was one lady that was I uh, um there were uh, some people on one sidewalk and so I went to another sidewalk and there was a lady like kind of tending to her roses. I don't know that we were six feet away, maybe four and a half or five, but right. And I just like kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went for a walk the other day and I ended up walking about half of it like right down the middle of the street. Um, yeah, because I would cross away from someone, and then there'd be someone on the other sidewalk, and um, right. So I could probably, uh, and, and, and certainly you live in a busier area than I do. I could probably walk in the middle, in all like on the on the road to kind of way. avoid that with yeah. only a couple times having to having to veer course. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've been very good about staying staying in. Um, how have you been? Uh, I've been fine. Uh, presum- I'm going to make a presumptive announcement. I have a feeling we're not going to be seeing Armando Lucero at the Magic Oh, that, that has been, um, if you did not see, actually, uh, and that is something I did want to bring up, is uh, that has been officially canceled. Yeah. Because uh, that is this Thursday. Uh, right. So that's, that's scheduled for days. this Thursday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so a few days ago, Brent had po- posted that that has been uh, postponed. Um, and then I, this is something that I commented on. I don't even really know the economics of this or if, if this, you know. But uh, what I had posted under that was that I urge, and still do urge, uh, that anybody who had a ticket to that lecture, uh, if you can, if you can afford it, um, I would urge you to uh, not ask for a refund and try to just donate that money to the Magic Apple. Um, yeah. a, a store outside that closed down. Um, they are, you know, that is a, a, a store that uh, obviously is going to be hit very, very hard by this. Uh, has already been. He stayed open as long as he could. Right. And every single day he was posting Instagram videos about, you know, I'll ship to you. The, you know, first it became, a, um, we're sanitizing everything, we're wiping everything down, you know, come support the store if you can. And then it became, uh, I'll ship to you if you want, you know, uh, um, and, and he's offering free shipping right now. Uh, right. And then it became, you cu- if you order it and pay me over the phone, just drive by. I will literally put the things in a bag and just kind of like set them outside for you, for you to pick up. Right. Um, and uh, and now it's he will still ship you some stuff, and I believe currently he will offer uh, Brent will offer um, 
uh, by appointment that you can call him and make an appointment to come pick something up because he, he technically cannot be in the store. That being said, I believe uh, is it every day. Let me check this uh, now. But uh, he's offering he's doing shows um, and stuff from his from the store on, on Instagram Live every day, and that could be a way you could support him if you if you want. I actually reached out to him today and asked. Uh, um, asked what I can say about his uh, uh, shop, and he said, "Just make sure you plug that." I believe at eleven o'clock, I, I think Pacific time, he is he's doing um, he's doing magic and demonstrating stuff and just kind of advertising things, and um, uh, so that's that's a good way to support that. Um, I, I, yeah, it is very important to me that people, if you can. Uh, make any kind of contribution or, or anything by way of support of the Magic Apple. I think that's a very, very important business. Uh, it's, a, it's a major pillar of the Southern California, Los Angeles Magic community, and it's going to be, like every business is, going to be hit very, very hard. And, and you're seeing so many people uh, kind of flock to Instagram and social media to support their businesses. Uh, the one that I'm seeing the most of is, like uh, Chris, I don't know if you've seen this, but Mike Birbiglia is doing that thing on Instagram every day. Uh, no, I haven't seen this. Oh, so he's doing it. I think he started with Roy Wood Jr. Um, he's he's trying to um, raise money for on through a website called TipYourWaitStaff.com, which is uh, providing money, um, d- donating money to comedy clubs to pay their uh, uh, waitstaff that um, that are out of work. Uh, and so what he's doing is every day he is bringing on a different comedian, like he's gotten Roy Wood Jr. and John Mulaney and Maria Bamford and Gary Goldman. And um, Nikki Glaser, and they're basically like uh, writing jokes together, and they're, and they're sort of recreating the process that you would do before you start running jokes. Like you call a friend and, and kind of workshop some jokes with them, and they're live streaming that, and then ad- they're getting people, and then they're plugging. You know, each comedian kind of comes on plugging and advocating for a, a comedy club that means something to them, like you know, somewhere in Minnesota or, or Iowa or something like that. You know, that that, uh, uh, that needs some help, and so they're kind of getting the word out on that. So you're seeing lots of people doing this, and so this is uh, my way. Is so, so if you can support the Magic Apple in some way, uh, if you um, you know if you, if you want to help out, what I think is, is like I said, a major pillar of the of the Los Angeles Magic community. Um, you know, anything helps. Uh, go buy. I've, I I bought a couple things from him the other day that he's he's shipping um, that are on their way. I bought a, a Sans Mind trick actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, I the got. Times are getting desperate. Times are getting desperate, and since Instagram will be the only way to do magic now, <laughs> I figure I cater to that. But I, I saw some trick that like Vanishing Ink uh, uh, said, like this is actually not uh, bad, and it works. It works live. You, it doesn't just work on Instagram. So I figured for my like twenty five or thirty bucks, I figured I'd give it a shot, uh, and then I bought some decks of cards. Uh, that was really the only time I was ever going to buy this trick. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that uh, comes out. Yeah, so uh, of course I will be asking for my refund for that lecture. Um, so, <laughs> which I mean, if people have to do, I do get it. Like, I, you know, especially I mean, everybody is getting a bit take a big hit right now. If you need your fifteen or twenty five dollars back, I get it. And he and he and he even said that he's like, for those of you that aren't like John and 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 do need a refund, totally understand. But uh, <laughs> if you can, I I, I uh, that would mean a great deal to me. Um, if you just want to go and buy something, like I said, that Morgan and West book that I loved that I reviewed last week, uh, he has that. You can buy that, and that's a great read. So, uh, I'll actually um, I'll I'll take John's refund as well. So I'll take mine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know I I don't want John to have to ask for his refund back. So I'll right. just take take his refund as well. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, a weird time. Everybody's going Instagram Live now. Right. Everyone, the the streaming services are just going crazy. Yeah. Um, I do think I'll be interested in this. Once we're out of this, which, as I said, will happen on Easter. Um, exactly Easter. Bet, your, bet everything on it, folks. <laughs> um, it will be interesting to see what sticks in terms of we are right now training everyone to be more comfortable taking in some entertainment through live streaming. Um, and it's been something that people have been trying to push for a while. And, you know, I would say people your age or younger are more comfortable, like, watching Twitch streams and that kind of stuff. Right. Um but I would say, you know, gen, uh, what do you call it, Mil- gen, uh, millennial and up age, I think, don't really watch live streams that often. But now we're kind of being forced to. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I feel like some of it's going to stick. Like, it's not going to go all the way back to, like, you know, if, uh, 
you know, Chris Martin from Coldplay does a live stream, nobody watches. I think I think there'll be a little bit of the 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 floor of it will be a little higher than it was before all this. Oh, certainly, I definitely think that's true. And I think even just people's uh, literacy with technology and communicating with each other is going to boom as well for for those same age ranges that you just mentioned. For example, my parents who, who are both making huge. Um, Usually having to adapt to, uh, they're still working. Um, they just have to. They're, they're all. They're, they're both college professors, and all their classes are have been moved online for the rest of the semester. Right. Which for my mom, she had been doing some more online classes over the last year, so that wasn't a huge shock to her. She was a little prepared for this, but it's the first time my dad's ever had to do this, and so he's been, you know, and he teaches music, so he also right. has to find a way to like, you know, play clips and all these things, and there's a lot of technical components to that. In fact, I have to thank you because. Um, your uh, uh, this uh, Yeti microphone that I'm using that you've let me borrow to uh, to record these. He's actually been using them to record his lectures because the can- the microphone built into his laptop is not adequate to do what he needs it to do. So he's able to use this Yeti microphone to record like audio clips so he could talk and then play something off of his um, his stereo like off of the CD or a record uh, and then go back to him talking. Um, and it's and it's really helped his ability to uh, continue teaching his classes. Right. Well, that's not acceptable. I have to insist that he stop doing that. That's that's uh, fair. I said, so as I tell Chris, he's gonna fucking lose it. Um, yeah the uh, the the amount of classes that have to be online now, um, just even kind of figuring out what it means to like interact with a student now. Right. Through that it must be true. Also, I don't know if he's finding this, but I find that a lot of the streaming services like Zoom conferencing or like I watched the Rosie O'Donnell had a special like three hour show with a bunch of Broadway people on it on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I believe that a lot of this video conferencing software is not optimized for music. So I think it's optimized for voice, for uh, uh, conversational speech. So a lot of music does not sound great through it. Right. Uh, but you did some streaming uh, yourself last week, right? I did, yeah. Uh, How did so that go? I was uh, I was part of the first um, attempt at a uh, uh, Magic Bars live stream show, uh, which was uh, last Wednesday. So we're recording this on Tuesday. It was uh, uh, you know how, whatever date that was the seventeenth, uh, maybe sixteenth. Uh, uh, who knows? Um, time means nothing now. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, that was myself, Robert Ramirez and Jonathan Levitt. We all did about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I think, um, I was watching the numbers we, we varied from about 125 to 140 people throughout the entire thing, uh, averaging at about, yeah, one, 135 usually. Uh, and it was um, it was it was sort of a, a bit of a trial. We, we definitely had to sort of adapt on the fly. Initially, and that was before the lockdown took effect. That was two days before that was announced. Um, and that that was just you know please stay home if you can. So at the time, the idea of the four of us going to this uh, to going to Magic Bar, which at the time was completely deserted. Um, I believe restaurants had been closed down at that point. Uh, that initially didn't seem like you know that that wasn't. You know, against city orders the way it is now. Uh, so we thought it would be a good idea. And then the night before, at like 10 p.m., Ben called me and said, You know what? I think we're all feeling a little bit of anxiety over the idea of us all meeting together in a public place. Uh, and uh, which I, I didn't say, I hadn't said anything, but I definitely was feeling that. And, and, uh, so he goes, why don't we just try to do this via Instagram live stream and we all do it remotely? Mm-hmm. And so that was what we had to sort of figure out that out that day, how we were going to do that and, and, and how to, you know. So like he and his wife ran, went there early and they kind of ran a test. Um, and then, you know, I joined in, then Robert joined in. And so we kind of figured that out. So there are definitely some, um, some things to figure out there. I, but overall, it went well. I think it was fun and people enjoyed it and, and, and people had a good time and, and people texted me after they, they, you know, they were happy we did it and, and uh, that was great. Um, um, is that going to happen again this week? It is. It is going to happen this Wednesday. So this Wednesday, uh, same time, I believe, 8 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, um, there will be another magic bar. Uh, that This time it will be with uh, Kayla Drescher and Harrison Lampert and Siegfried Tiber. So this Wednesday, March 25th at 8 p.m. Uh, PST, live on Instagram. Uh, you go to at Magic Bar LA to tune into that. Uh, you can see Kayla Drescher, Harrison Lampert, and Siegfried Tiber. So that'll be a really good show as as well. Um, um, I will be guesting on Taylor Hughes's. Uh, oh, you're gonna be from live from the shed. Uh, what right are you doing live from the shed? I have no idea. Oh, I, great. Just, uh, I don't think I'm actually doing anything. <laughs> You're just a guest? 
Uh, yes, and uh, I believe last week there was a little crossover between Live from the Shed and the Magic Bar. There uh, was. I did not watch it though because I was getting ready and like I was setting up and checking, making sure you know everything was good to go. So I didn't really get to watch that. But I know Robert Ramirez. I yeah, believe was on, was on both. It. Yeah, yeah. Robert was on both, and I believe that they kind of threw to Magic Bar or something. Oh, did um, they? Uh, I don't know. I joined the Live from the Shed. I had problems with my connection, and then I literally logged in, and in the chat I was like. Hey, I'm here, but I'm a little late. And then they were like, that's great. See you next week. So <laughs> I caught the very end of it. That's um, funny. But I'll be on it this week. Uh, um, well, uh, Taylor Hughes has not asked me to be on Live in the Shed, uh, which I will take uh, public offense to. Uh, <laughs> offense taken. Um, wh- uh, how do you duel someone from social distance levels? You have to both go into Fortnite. Got it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll, we'll download... Uh, I'll download Fortnite. I've actually been playing some Age of Empires 2. I've been doing a bit of a throwback. So, um, ah. yeah, I'm terrible at it. Um, uh, is, yeah, that oh, no. a, um, is that like Civilization? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, last night, I'll probably regret this, but I ordered a gaming PC. Oh, boy. Because I have a couple games I want to play that I'm using this. There's a streaming service I have called Shadow. That's a, um, uh, what do you call it? A uh, cloud PC. Uh-huh. But it's just too slow. I want to play Overwatch, which I've never played with some right. friends, and uh, so I d- or ordered a, a relatively inexpensive gaming PC. And then I was like, "Oh, when it arrives, I think I um, because those when you order a, a PC from a like not from Dell from anybody else, um, often those things are like assembled by people by hand." Right. And I'm like, oh, when this arrives, maybe I should just leave it <laughs> in the garage for five days and not touch it. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to be careful about what I say here because uh, I really don't want to be, uh, you know, part of any misinformation. It was my understanding that um, products that are shipped go through too many temperature changes and terrain changes ah. for the virus to survive from them. So I believe, like, that, like initially, you know, before this had became a pandemic i definitely did see some things that said is it safe to still um purchase products from like china that are shipped from china and 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 and, and what i saw was that yes it is safe because there's too many things for the virus to go through during that shipment to for it to survive Uh, just there's too many like life life's up and downs for the virus (laughs) (laughs) all right uh um so I hope, you know, double, please don't take that as gospel, everybody. Uh, I, I, I'm not a, a medical expert by any means. Well, the problem um, is, uh, I, that does, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, the only problem is that, um, I looked up where this company is. And it comes from it, next door. Well, I bought it from iBuyPower, which is a, uh, PC company I've heard of before. And they are based in City of Industry, California. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so that's... they might literally just be putting it on a truck. And driving it to my house. <laughs> in that case, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, the other, the other thing is that sometimes when you ship stuff through, like, UPS or FedEx, uh, it'll go from, like, City of Industry, California, to right. Memphis, Tennessee, and then to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, um, so uh, you, creatively, what have you been doing? Uh, You've been I'm, doing a lot of stuff on Instagram, which has actually been quite... I, have to, I want to publicly commend you on... Your Instagram content has been... Uh, uh, very good. Your songs. <laughs> uh, my pa- I, after playing it for my parents, my parents, I have caught them both singing Stay the Fuck Home. Uh, yeah, I made a... Uh, actually, it started with my friend Dan Wessels put up a, um, a video of him playing... Uh, uh, what's the song from uh, <laughs> Chorus Line? What I Did for Love from Chorus Line. And so I was just bored, and I was like, oh, I'll just sing over this. And, <laughs> uh, un- you know, not that he wants me to. Okay, I was wondering what that was. I knew you were doing, like, was you doing it from memory? No, I I was just fucking around. Um, I just thought it was funny to sort of unwillingly duet with somebody. That is Um, funny. So then I had had my whole little setup, um, you know, to do that. And I was like, oh, I'll just make a little song, which I've done a lot in my life. I've made little acapella songs here and there. Uh, I used to have a podcast, and I would, like, make the theme song for it that way. Mm -hmm. And... um, so, and my friend around the t- around when I was doing this, <laughs> which is probably only like six days ago, but does feel like six months ago. Um, right. One of my friends was commenting on like everybody's posts, like stay the fuck home. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just make a little song about that. And then a couple days later, I made a song called Don't Be Racist. 
Um, Don't be racist, which is also very, very good. And then I had I made a little video of me and my husband Eric singing a song from City of Angels. Yes. Uh, so that's I basically. Uh, well, also, I mean, if you want to apologize publicly on here as well, you're welcome to do so. I know you offered a pretty heartfelt apology oh, yeah. of your actions. <laughs> Um, well, what's funny is I put on Instagram and a couple of different places I put this fake apology because right now in the gay world, there's a there is a controversy related to that where a guy was chosen to be an Abercrombie and Fitch model, mm-hmm. and then uh, these racist social media posts were found. And on Instagram, he put up the most insincere, right. disingenuous apology, and I was yeah. just trying to oh, and you use, sent it. To, I thought it was you know it's fun. I texted you that you're acting, and that was so good. Yeah. That for like the, the first ten seconds of you like setting up the apology, I got up and moved to a different room that was quieter to be like, oh my god, what's what's going on? <laughs> you, what did he do? And I was like, um, I was genuinely. I had to pause the video and went uh, to a different room, and I unpaused it, and then and then it it, it turned into. Uh, uh, what I could tell was was not a real thing. But oh, thank God! Yeah, that's uh, and then I, I, you texted me the video of the guy, and it was I didn't finish it. It was insufferable. Yeah. Um. Funnily enough, stop my... saying that. Stop saying that when you like get high, you become racist. That's not a thing. <laughs> I know. I mean, if it is, uh, what which drug is it? Right, he was like, I just, I did so many drugs, uh, yeah. and I remember the same thing. I remember people making that joke when Roseanne said all those racist things. She's like, yeah. I took a bunch of Ambien, and they're like, right. racism is not a side effect of Ambien, Roseanne. <laughs> um, I did have two people that were younger. Uh, there's a fan of Superstore who's, uh, he's 17. And he like just social media posts at me every once in a while, and my husband's, uh, I guess that's his cousin but she's like younger both were like oh my god what like they watched the whole thing and still didn't get that it was a joke (laughs) oh (laughs) i uh maybe it was too just (laughs) too too good your acting has gotten too strong during this quarantine um but yeah i've been posting uh oh i will recommend this is not on my feed but uh eric my husband put i don't know if you watched this he did he made a video where he um had me sing lyrics from musical theater. Uh, oh, I don't know if I saw this. That that I I think that's actually a genuinely funny video. He we have a little self tape studio, and he um, would basically say like, "Sing this song," and I I remember all the melodies from songs. I don't remember the words very well. Oh sure. So it's me just trying to fake my way through a bunch of songs really poorly. Right. Um, but yeah, actually, he and I are, we ha- at one point we were like, let's do a YouTube channel, and like I know everybody's doing this, but it's like we're gonna just start posting stuff. Um, we have plenty of free time now. Uh, sure. You know, it's funny because I was thinking as it, as it relates to magic, um, this is a real like, uh, like for for people to come out of this time period and still be like, you know, well. My double lift isn't very good, or whatever. Right, it's not going to be a very good. Uh, like, I just never. I don't have the time to work on these things. It's like it's not really a thing right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, so you know, something I've been encountering though is uh, I, I right now I'm feeling a little bit sluggish. I don't really have a lot of inspiration to to work on new stuff. I mean, I can sew the deck of cards all day and practice moves, and I have been. But right. like, I've been trying to what you know the, the spark to try to work on new material. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of that right now. Right. Yeah, that makes sense because you don't see where it's going to be. Like, right. Uh, I mean, that does make sense. Uh, are Are there any moves you're actually like working on right now? Not really. I mean, certain palms and stuff, and and, and things and things of that nature. Um, and there was a new routine that I did. Um, that is very new on that magic bar stream last week. It is a it is a cups and balls routine with a cocktail shaker. Um, and, uh, and 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 that's pretty open. That that can do a lot of things. And so I've been sort of uh, I've been sort of working on that. Oh, anybody who did watch that last week, first off, thank you for watching. Second of all, I've gotten a couple uh, people ask me if that was a certain product. I believe it's called uh, Bar Cup Reloaded, uh, and that is not what that was. Uh, I do not. I did not know there was a marketed uh, cocktail shaker, cups and balls. Um, but that is that is not what that was. That was just a uh, that was a, that was a different thing, different thing entirely. So anyway, th- that has a lot of different things it can do. So I'm still kind of developing what I would like that routine to look like and what I want it to do and and and, and certain things of that nature. And 
there's a lot of the way it's the way it's set up to to, to produce certain things. Um, I, I want I wonder how much of that I can exploit and learn from. So I've been practicing that a little bit, uh, just kind of tinkering around with like moving things, loads from one place to another, and starting in this pocket or you know over another pocket, cut things like that. But uh, but I, it's not like I've I've hit the drawing board and said like I'm going to build a brand new close-up act this this quarantine yeah um the way like if you would ask me what i would do in a quarantine a month ago i'm you know i might have said that i don't i don't really i've been doing a lot of reading that's that's where a lot of my anxiety is poured into yeah i think a lot of people um before this would be like oh i would just love to have so much free time to just work on whatever project i need to work on right and uh i i was telling eric the uh yesterday that uh, six months from now if we're out of the woods with this there's going to be a significant feeling of like nostalgia for the free time. Right. Like, oh, I bet. I, I know that all sorts of atrocities and horrible things are happening right now, but a, a year from now, you're going to be like, Oh, I, I could have gotten so much stuff done. <laughs> I know. Uh, and it is surprisingly, um, it's kind of interesting to me how it's harder to get stuff done almost. Uh, even though like time is not the issue. In fact, um, I did, I have been a little bit um, socially stricter about uh, um, I have unfriended some people when they didn't get back to me for like six days and they said that they were too busy to return my text because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like I mean, and these are not people that are like nurses or anything these are like, <laughs> right. you know like so it's not I would understand if somebody's genuinely busy but these are people that like are in the same boat as us you know, not going outside for like 11 hours at a time and they couldn't respond to like a message from me. And right. Not that I am even necessarily mad at those people. I'm just saying like, Oh, we shouldn't be friends online. Like, yeah, you know, this is, we've reduced it to the bare minimum of what a, like an online friendship would be. And right. you, we both have 24 hours a day to respond and you didn't like, it's no big deal. Like we're just not really friends. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, the, I don't know if you ever watched the the television show. I'm sorry, the uh, Andrea uh, Savage show. I have not. Is it good? Uh, it's very very good, and um, it's it it, it's, it really tackle. It basically is, it, the the angle was how can you have sort of like a Curb Your Enthusiasm Seinfeld style sort of, you know always sunny kind of a show where the person's always getting themselves into trouble, but have that person be like a genuinely nice good person, mm-hmm. um, and it's in. And there's a bit more restraint on it in that way, and it's really good. And all, I'm pretty sure every single every single storyline in the show is a true story from either her life or one of her writers' lives, and so they try mm-hmm. to keep it very authentic. It's really good. Anyway, there is a whole episode that basically deals with like her. Um, she she has this long-standing tradition with an old waitress friend from like 12 years ago. Where they had their birthdays. Uh, they had the same birthday, so they always celebrate their birthday together. And the episode is her just kind of. Hating, dreading this because over the last fifteen, over fifteen years, now they're not waitresses anymore. Like they've just grown apart, and they just really have no reason to be friends anymore. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's basically her like breaking up with this friend, <laughs> and it's very, very uncomfortable. Um, I want to point people to a video that we want them to watch this week. Oh yes, absolutely. This is something that somebody posted in the Academy of Magical Arts. Facebook page, and I watched about two-thirds of it, I went, this is amazing, Chris and I have to review this on the podcast. If you were to go to YouTube, it is, is it a magic TV special that uh, took place at the Magic Castle, was filmed at the Magic Castle? Um, let's see. If uh, I just typed into YouTube, yeah, it, the title of the video is World's Greatest Magicians at the Magic Castle. If you look that up, it's a 45, it's a 46-minute video um, from 1990. And it is about nine magicians all doing about five minutes throughout the various showrooms. And it is, uh, it is, it is so 90s and so wild. Um, uh, you just have to go watch it. We're going to review it next week. Uh, uh, Tina Leonard is on this. Kevin James is on this. Um, yeah, Jeff Goldfinger and you, Dove are on this. Do you know the people on this? Do you know all these people? There were two. There's a yeah, more than one peep a person. I think one. Oh, Johnny East Palmer's on it. Um, Rudy Kobe's on it. Uh, uh, th- there's a guy. There's a couple people I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, one was uh, um, I, a. Yeah, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll, never no, heard I, of. I'll give you the names. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Kevin James. Yeah. Uh, from. Um, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Yeah. Um, yeah. King of Queens. Uh, he was a magician before he got an acting <laughs> job. 
Paul Kozak. That's who it is. Paul Kozak I'd never heard of. Uh, Rudy Kobe. And Paul Kozak, I believe, is, I looked him up, I believe he's still active in Hawaii. Okay. Rudy Kobe? No, oh, yeah, well, we've seen him. You know him. Oh, I've seen him. Okay, Tina Lennon. Yeah, remember, remember, do you remember, and this is a story I'll tell next week. We saw him the, that um, right after Edinburgh. We were there at the castle with uh, Mary Lou and her boyfriend oh, uh, for yes. some reason. It was like the Thrones cast or maybe had come to the, the castle oh, or something like that. Oh, I know exactly. I just Googled who. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Rudy Kobe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Gillis, I know the name of yeah brian gillis was someone that was uh i believe he was billed famously as carson's johnny carson's favorite magician he's on the show many times he just died um about a year and a half ago uh, I think. Is, wait is he the one who would someone made a joke about him at the uh uh award show or something was he the yes. one that okay yes because he he won the award uh posthumously he won close magician of the year posthumously um and uh, and and the amazing Jonathan came out and did a really funny speech where he kept us. Uh, it started by him um, uh, pretending he was off stage, and he was like, right. "Just come out here, just come." He's shy. I don't know why he's not coming out. It's hilarious. <laughs> right. And then it was just a, all the stuff like that he's experiencing in heaven, in, in heaven right now. He's talking about like heaven's magic castle and. Um, and then it was just like just kind of lovingly poking fun at him and and all of the things he's like the only drink they he's like every room is the close up gallery and the only drink they serve is chardonnay with an ice cube in it and stuff like that <laughs> you know and there's asian women everywhere and stuff like you know uh jonathan neil brown yes uh, uh right now he just kind of goes as jay neil but yeah i've known okay. i've known about him for a long time what about steve spill Steve Spill was someone I did not know. I believe if I'm that's who I'm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's so three people um, that I don't I don't remember. One who had this really funny thing with a duck, uh, and he had very like, really leaned into the '90s look, uh, like the '80s '90s look. So um, there's some really really fun stuff that I, I can't wait to talk about with you. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll go through the other uh, just real quick. The other names are Goldfinger Dove. You said Johnny Ace Palmer, Goldfinger. Scott Scott Servine. Yeah, him I didn't know. Um, I, I I don't know who that is. And somebody that no one's heard of named Lance Burton. Um, right, Lance Burton uh, closes the show. I have I have words about that act as well, and I not to give too much away, but man, that shit holds up. He he he's he's paying the bills. Uh, he's, um, so this is world's greatest magicians at the Magic Castle. I think everyone should watch it. We can talk about it next week. Yeah, it's a, it's a very very fun video. Um, from the from the it. thumbnail, it seems like Peter Scolari is hosting this. Is that who that is? They never. I can't trying to figure it out. I don't think he says his name in the video. Uh, um, as if like it kind of you can see it sort of cuts in very suddenly. And so I was trying yes. to th- like who that was. Um, Peter Scolari is Tom Hanks's buddy on Bosom Buddies. Got it. Okay, uh, I knew I And also him. was uh, a regular on the show Newhart, which actually I think you would love that show Newhart. Oh, I, I bet I would. I mean, I like Bob Newhart. Um, uh, and also you figure out where the other brothers get their name from. Um, Is that where they get their name from? Yeah, because um, there's the, these three guys that always come in and they go, hey, my name's Larry. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. Um, oh wow! And I both of those guys' that. names, I think, in real life are Daryl, so they are the other brothers. Yes, those are the Daryls uh, get their name from. Uh, and then also, Peter Scolari was um, least Lena Dunham's father on Girls. Okay, I've I've never watched Girls. I should maybe get into that as 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 well. Um, I also want to recommend uh, going to shoot Ogawa's Instagram. Oh yeah! If you haven't <laughs> seen this, um, I, I it's Shudogawa put out a trick on. And first off, I want to offer Shudogawa a big congratulations. Um, as I, I hope I can say this publicly, I think if I can't, we can cut it out. But I think it's fine. Um, they just released the they, they announced the winners of the recent board elections at the ah, Magic yes. Castle Academy of Magical Arts uh, for the board of directors and board of trustees. And um, Shudogawa uh, not only was reelected back to the board of trustees, but was reelected. Um, with the highest number of votes, uh, okay. at, I believe uh, over seven hundred. So okay, I was so I very excited for him. I saw this, and I this is all fine. Uh, this is what you said, board of trustees. Okay, board of trustees. Yeah, um, I just think it's weird. I don't think they should list how many votes they got. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I they, think that's weird. Uh, uh, explain. I, I, don't, I don't have really any opinion on it. I don't understand what the usefulness of this is except to just create drama. Yeah, I guess transparency. I don't know. I mean, just like the candidates should be able to sort of 
maybe the candidates can see this list or something. But right. like for because you got this just as a voter, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole the, that that went out that uh, the email um, went out to every single person uh, and uh, the, uh, that as a member. Just like I think that it's. I just think it's unnecessary, and also I think if you're the one that just missed the cut, it's kind of heartbreaking. And then I also think for the person that got the worst, it's like the, it's like the oh you didn't get picked, you got picked last for the team. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see what is useful about this for for the voting body to see these votes. For. Right, I don't know. That's a good. That's a that's a great. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, I, I will say the board of board of trustees out. Uh, mostly white guys. Yes, so, uh, uh, almost all, and I believe almost um, everyone except for Jonathan. Also, congratulations to a recent guest of the podcast, Jonathan Levitt, who was also elected to board of tr- trustees. Um, that's very exciting. I, I was proud to vote for him as as well. I will, in fact, I will say that all but one of my votes for the board of trustees made it on, uh, and I will not say who the person was that I did not vote for that made it on. Mm. Um, um, but is Jonathan one of the only new members? I believe he is the only new member. Ah. Uh, I believe all of the others were incumbents. Um, ex- uh, yeah, uh, uh, all of the others were incumbents. And, and in fact, uh, the Erica, Erica Larson was a board member, and I believe this is how this all shook out. She actually got hired by the AMA uh, to work a job there. Um, some something I, I don't remember exactly what her job title was, but when she became uh, an employee of the AMA, she no longer was able to be on their board, be on yeah, the board of trustees. So she had to resign, uh, and then as like an emergency appointment, um, a temporary appointment, they appointed David Regal, who I think was who has been on the board before. So he might have been termed out and was able to just to do it as like an emergency appointment, right. and maybe not allowed to run again, or just chose not to run again. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that's kind of really. I mean, I imagine my honestly, I, if I were to guess, and if if Erica Larson were still like on and and up for reelection, I I think there's a good shot that the that that. Um, the board changes zero members right. when, it was, when it was voted on. Now, uh, but um, what's the, scary for the AMA? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did you do you vote on associate candidates for the board of directors? Yes, I do. And how are you uh, supposed to know who those people are? There's really not a lot to go off of, which is unfortunate. They all have candidate statements come in the mail when you vote, and they also each uh, board had all the candidates met for a meet the candidates thing that was available to all members, um, mm-hmm. both live and then was uh, uploaded to the Facebook page and the website in the members only section, um, which is how I watched both of those. I didn't go to either, so I was able to watch, and they were each two hours long, um, and they each sort of answered questions and talked about their vision and and and, and what to approach. The unfortunate thing is, and the, and the scary thing is, um, then the board of trustees handles all issues magic related at the club, um, so they don't really have anything to do right now. I imagine, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the board of directors handles all thing business, all things business. So they have a million things to do right now. Right, uh, and so uh, you know, I, not that I'm unhappy with anybody in the board previously or currently. I don't have many strong opinions on that, but. It is a scary time for the club to completely change over the control financially. Um, right. I mean, you know, so I, I, I don't really know what the what, what the future is going to look like, and 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 I, I know they're probably going to start working very very hard when they all announced when the and even in fact even when the votes were cast, this was not an issue. Uh, you know, clearly it was not an issue to the degree that it is. They they laid off lots of employees um, out of necessity at the castle. Right. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. So yeah, so I, I, I am feeling a little bit nervous right now, uh, you know, for the, for what, what the Los Angeles magic community will look like in the fall, um, or spring, um, depending on how we get through this and, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully we do. And I have, I have a lot of faith that, you know, the, uh, people are going to work really, really hard to protect the magic castle and make sure that it thrives when this is, when this is all done. Uh, when you vote for these candidates, uh, let's say it, there's seven. Do you get seven votes for the board of trustees? Yes, you do. Okay, so because uh, I'm kind of wondering how many people voted total, because you know we're not going to assume that Shudogawa got all a vote from every single person. Exactly. But he got 751 votes. So like I, it doesn't sound like the entire body votes. Is my point? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, I don't know what the the numbers were. I'm not sure if that information, if that information, was was released or not. I'm sure it, it might have been. It might be available somewhere. And then well, when you're board, voting for, for the board of directors, 
the board of directors has three spots for magician members. Uh, sorry, four spots for magician members and three for associates. And you were allotted four and three, respectively. So there could be seven or eight candidates running for the magician slot, of which you get four votes. And yeah. then you get three votes for however many people running for those associate, three associate member uh, uh, spots. Well, um, I would just say good luck to shoot Ogawa, uh, because I understand he's going to take this all the way to the convention and yeah. try to get the nomination there um, with the help of the superdelegates. Right. So, um, so we'll see. It's going to be contested, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll go very smoothly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no problems. Um, but go uh, to his Instagram. Yeah, go to his Instagram. Shoot posted an insanely good, simple, cool, visual card trick that, in classic Shudogawa fashion, is just fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and I texted you because I thought you would know how it was done. <laughs> I, I, I did not. Uh, I did not know how it was done, and I'm embarrassed to ask him. Uh, because is he in... This, this looks like maybe it was... Uh, not in the U.S. that he shot this. Uh, I believe he is currently in America. Okay. I don't know. Because I was like, John's got to know how this is done. <laughs> well, maybe next week. Maybe come back next week and I might reveal a, a spicy tell-all. Yeah. It's in. Um, it's insane. And it's... Uh, actually, what I do love about Shoot's Magic, um, and I think that you can appreciate this even as a... Uh, I, I feel like Shoot's Magic is enjoyable from like layperson to expert. Oh, absolutely. Because I enjoy the variety of, there are some things that he does like, okay, go and watch this video on Instagram. Um, I genuinely don't know if this is being done because he's just an insane physical sleight of hand person because I've seen his lecture and I know that there are some things that he does that are just ridiculous Right, uh, but I also have his lecture notes, and I know that he also likes to build arts and crafts things, and mm-hmm. it might be that too. And I love that he has a diversity of approaches, so that you really don't know which way this is from watching it. Uh, yeah, that you that he really does. He 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 really likes to keep all of his options open, and he, he just kind of likes to have as much knowledge as he needs to be able to do whatever it is that he wants to do. So he's always kind of making sure that. He learns new stuff, and he's and he's always you know going to lectures and buying stuff at lectures and just trying to soak up everything he can, um, such that he can uh, he can effectively create new things you know without just being like the sleight of hand guy. He can also do really cool things that don't have heavy sleight of hand. Uh, they rely a bit more on on, on crafting stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but I do, uh, and not to say that Chinese people and Japanese people are similar, uh, but. One thing I did notice was that um, Shin Lim also has like like Shin Lim is um, I, I think if you ask a layperson they're assuming that it's a lot of sleight of hand stuff and Shin Lim shows up on a lot of like YouTube um, you know Chris Ramsey card manipulator videos and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I did watch a uh, a something something that he sold I forgot what it was. That was just an extensive discussion about black art and like him, the crafting stuff that he was doing to sure. like build black art stuff, and uh, I was thinking like it, it does seem <laughs> this might be totally wrong. It seems to me more common that there's Asian magicians that are willing to do both sides of this line. Um, maybe that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you you do a lot of arts and crafts stuff too. Yeah, sometimes. But if you were I, also need to. you were also taught by an Asian, so that's true. That is true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so you go watch that Instagram video. Uh, you know, come back. T- we'll we'll talk about that next week as well. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll go watch that and then we'll get into that a little bit more as as, as well next week, maybe. Because uh, I don't want to. I don't really even want to spoil what w- totally what what how clean it looks and how good it is. No, so and just also go, just go watch it. And since you're there, you might as well go back two entries and look at the one. Um, the uh, first of all, this only has 3,200 plays, which is so low. Uh, but it's, it's the one you shot when your guys are on the train. Right. Uh, that was about a, that, you know. Wow. What a, what a crazy um, like what a what an opposite because that that was I, I keep getting Facebook updates that I was doing that trip exactly a year ago. Right. 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 Um, that's, By the that's way. So f- this, this one, you know how it's done, right? The one on the train? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And is that one that you can do? Uh, on a good day with the... <laughs> with, with, like the with, with, you know, luck on my side. Yeah. 
I, I've, I have successfully executed all of the moves in that video. Right. I, I wouldn't say I can do it. Uh, and I think you, when you shot it, you was it the first take or something? Oh yeah, he did that. The, the one of you, yeah, the, the video of him doing that on the train um, is done in, in one take, the yeah. first take, and That's we were crazy. blown away. Yeah, <laughs> yes, That's amazing. Uh, so there's your uh, there's some Shudogawa updates, uh, Chris. I, oh, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, yes. I, I texted you about this yesterday. Um, there's an article on the Vulture about um, um, your uh, club of familiarity, uh, UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade. Yes. Um, that uh, said some you know ominous sounding things. I was wondering if if you had any take on on how UCB is doing because that is obviously a major, really uh, a major pillar of the Los Angeles comedy scene. Um, yeah, I I am not super worried about the UCB at the moment. Um, uh, specifically, I mean, just give people if you, you go look up the article yourself. But the article was talking about kind of a lot of employees that are have been laid off are um, being upset at the uh, leadership from uh, the 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 yeah. top, the the UCB four they call it, which are uh, were they all founders or just co owners? It's Amy uh, Poehler, no, Matt all Walsh, yeah. all founders. So it's Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, and who's the fourth one? Uh, Ian Roberts. Ian Roberts, I can't know his name. Ian. Uh, so, so the four of them, um, yeah. So so people are losing their jobs, and 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 they're very, they're people are nervous, and 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 this article basically very, you know, and I think a scan very intentionally scandalous way, you know, says could this be the beginning of the end for you, you uh, UCB? Um, I was wondering what you thought about that article. Um, I am not super worried about the UCB, or, and certainly not any more worried about that than I am, you know, other businesses i i don't think that but but i'm also like if the if ucb went out of business uh i i think that i don't think comedy is going out of business like like it's like when people talked about music like uh, the record industry one day might go out of business but music's not gonna go away um it'll we'll figure out some new form for it but as far as the this went i think one of the issues is that um Improv theaters, much more than stand-up clubs, um, improv theaters do sell the idea of a community as part of their appeal and part of the reason that you want to be take classes there and do shows there. Um, they There's a big part of the improv philosophy that is, hey, we are a group of like-minded people that are all wanting to make great comedy the social aspect of it is definitely part of the sell. So that I think changes the dynamic when business intercedes so that, so like UCB is not legally required to pay um, sick leave for its employees when it lays them off. They're not, I guess they weren't required to give any kind of severance either. Right. But if you're, if you've created an atmosphere where it's like, we're all in this together and you know, we're all a big family, then it it's, there's some cognitive dissonance when that doesn't happen, when the business jumps in. And I think also people are like, now I, I know firsthand that people on TV and all that stuff don't make as much money as people think they do. But, uh, there's a perception, which is probably not that off that Amy Poehler has a lot of money. <laughs> So they're like, so she can't just pay out, you know, the sick leave for these people. On the other hand, I can understand a person being like, um, you know, I, I can understand a person being like, yeah, I like, for example, um, if I'm producing a show that goes to fringe this year, like I'm producing, I'm co-producing Voldemort, which I don't think, I think it's probably going to get canceled. I don't think Edinburgh fringe is going to happen. Um, there's a line with that show that let's say through some decision of my own or whatever, even something I have direct control over, I had to cancel a show and uh, a bunch of actors wouldn't get paid. Um, I would probably try to do my best to accommodate that situation, but there is a part of me from a business side that's kind of like, yeah, but there's a line between the money that is, the that belongs to that show and my own personal money um so i'm not saying it's right but i can understand the business mentality of like okay I, maybe i have a lot of money and i could cover these people but like i also want a business to sort of succeed to rise and fall on its own merits and also uh i'm one of four people and 
what does it mean for one person to be like, oh, I'll cover all these sick days or whatever, but we still each own 25% of the business or like, I'm sure there's a lot of weird dynamics to go with that too. Um, sure. I can understand it being a shitty feeling and it sound the thing that doesn't sound great is that they, it seems like they did stuff like send an email saying it was fine and no layoffs were coming and then laid people off. Right. But what uh, I noticed in the article too was not a hundred percent of the time, but it definitely seemed like there was a, um, a bit of a differentiation between the, uh, the way people were looking at the New York uh, venues versus the LA venues, there seemed to be a bit more optimism in the uh, way that the LA venues had handled certain certain issues. Yeah, I think. Um, what, what is your knowledge about the way that that is broken down? In, well, in sort of the division of operations. So I don't know what I I think I don't know if I'm right about this, but I believe that they own the building in Los Angeles. That's a big difference. Um, mm. If they own the building and they're just not taking in ticket sales for six weeks uh i bet they can probably survive that uh because honestly i don't think that ucb makes much money off of ticket sales anyway they also just recently got the ability to sell liquor so my feeling is that in la yeah my feeling is that um the the la theater will be fine now in new york if they are renting and and I believe the Hell's Kitchen Theater in New York has some crazy expensive lease. That was one of the issues six months ago. And New York is not the most forgiving place financially. Um, I I would be more worried about that. But I also, and sort of more generally, just feel that uh, things are definitely evolving in terms of... Improv comedy doesn't have the same cachet that it had. <laughs> and it sounds crazy that it ever had any. But the same hip coolness of it from 10 years ago is not what it was anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. And the, like, for example, I would not have guessed that. Well, well, I don't think that, um, I don't think that people from 15 to 25 years old are as likely to be interested in improv as they were 10 years ago. And I think part of that is, I think, people in that age group, which I guess is like the Gen Z group. Um, honestly, I think that they're more worried about like real shit <laughs> uh, and are more likely to take the same energy that they would have put into like an indie improv group and put it into like, uh, you know, canvassing for AOC, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. I just like the, like, in some ways, improv is like a fun thing to do while the world's going great, you know. <laughs> right? Do you do you think that uh, after things are over, that it might take a hit anyway, even if they can kind of go back? Do you, just like the way people see improv, I mean, uh, do you anticipate that changing at all? No, I don't. I don't think this will. I don't think this will change like a layperson's view of improv or of the theater. But I, I am. But similar to the question before, I was saying like. I'm curious to see what live performance looks like after the COVID-19 crisis, because I think on the one hand, like I think um, South by Southwest in 2021 is probably going to be insane because I think there will be a lot of people really wanting to, I I think some of these things like Coachella or whatever are going to potentially be bigger next year than they were this year because people will miss them so much. Um, And then I'm curious to see like, uh, how does this affect? Yeah, I don't know. Like, there, I can see it two ways. One, I can see that suddenly a, pe- a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know what? I'm kind of fine just like live streaming something at home tonight for the kids and me or whatever." And then I can see a bunch of people being like, "No, we we need to go to the kids brunch at the castle because now we know like that being connected to other people and being have seen something live can be taken away." You know, yeah, I'm definitely of the opinion. I think it'll be closer to that. I, I, I definitely think, even if it takes a hit, I, I don't think any of these things will go away. I think it just depends. I, on, I just kind of don't see. I think it depends on I, how know, long I, I, I don't this really lasts. Know. I'm, I'm no genius, <laughs> but I definitely, I, I, I don't anticipate a situation where most live performance kind of is, is permanently weakened by by all of this uh, because I, I don't think I mean you know magic bar on Instagram is a lot of fun uh, yeah. I don't think it's gonna replace doing it live I think 
online media, like like the movie industry. I've I've read some interesting things about that and how, and how that's going to be affected because now these companies know that they can successfully sort of put their movies out just like online, as people just did with uh, Emma and um, uh, a few other movies, Invisible uh, Man. On, they kind of just put out much earlier. Um, that kind of stuff. I'm I'm more concerned about than I am with like live performance. Um, yeah, I actually saw an interesting commentary about what would have happened this would have been fascinating if this happened a year ago before Endgame came out like what would it have done to Endgame and, and like what, what, right. what would the whole I honestly think they might have been less likely to push it back like they might have been like no we're going to open it anyway <laughs> you know um, yeah who knows I mean uh, last I mentioned this on another podcast, but last Thursday, uh, the number one movie in the country was Onward. Right. And it grossed $33,000. Wow. <laughs> it grossed $7 per screen that it was airing on. showing. That's on. incredible. Uh, so, you know, I wonder what they would have done if they had, if they were faced with, like, we have to push Endgame back by, like, nine months, or we release it as a digital download or what, you know, like that would, it just, it would have been very fascinating to see the, the decision-making around that. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what a, a, a huge loss, I guess, for, for onward. Um, I, you know, I will say, uh, you'll probably be happy to hear this. I saw a, um, one of those, uh, here's the chronological order to watch the MCU in, uh, and I mentioned it to my husband, Eric, since the majority of these, if not all of these movies, most of them are on Disney Plus, I believe. Um, and uh, I said, do you want to like watch these? Just because neither of us is really that familiar with them, which is crazy because I think I've seen like 13 of them. The idea that I'm not familiar with it. Um, and he, I think, has seen like three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, yeah, why not? We have time. So we might start... The whole MCU, the whole MCU, in this order that I screenshotted, and uh, uh, what is the uh, what is what is interesting about this order? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't. It's not the order that they came out. So sure. this starts. There's with a Ca- couple different. Yeah, there's like a chronological order one where Captain America starts first because that yes. took place during World War Two. So this starts with Captain America. Is it the first soldier? The first Avenger. First Avenger. Uh, then Captain Marvel. Yeah, because that's in the 80s before then, Iron Man takes place. Then Iron Man 1 and 2. Okay. Then Thor. Yeah. Then The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Uh, Avengers. Iron Man 3. Uh, yeah. uh, Thor The Other Dark World. Other than The World. Incredible Hulk from then on. Yeah, for, for right now for a while you're going in a... Chron- you're this going chronological. You're going Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Captain America Winter Soldier... Guardians 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and then Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Ant-Man, uh, and then Captain America Civil War, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming. It's, oh, the original spider That's not the first Spider-Man, is it? That's I'm, the first one in the MCU, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp, then Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, and then Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. How's that order sound to you? That sounds, you know, fine. I mean, it's it's some of that makes sense. Some of it, I don't know, makes a huge difference. Like, I don't know why you need to put the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies right next. I mean, yeah. I I guess the main thing is like so that you never see something where you're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I guess that's yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be saying that the whole time while I watch these movies. (laughs) Right. Uh, I feel like that I should watch that first Spider-Man though. I th- I heard that was pretty good. Oh yeah, it is fun. Um, it, it's it's a good. Um, you know, I think that uh, I liked it. I, I wasn't insane about it, but a lot of people really liked it. Um, I think they think that Michael Keaton is one of the stronger uh, villains of the MCU. Right, right, right. Um, um so, hey, we're at an hour. We should plug. Yeah, uh, for I'll plug that I'm on live from the shed, which is Taylor Hughes's, uh, right. and Nick Paul's. Instagram show. I'll okay. be on that tomorrow. I heard, that asked to be, I heard that I was not also asked to be on it, but that, you know, yeah. I'll, take my, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that L. Yeah. Uh, that is, um, I believe they said the best way to watch that is to go to twitch.tv 
slash okay. live from the shed. And there's two D's on the word shed. Don't know why. So gotcha. that's, I think uh, there might already be a live from the shed that exists. Okay. So that's at 7 uh, Pacific yeah. time, 10 Eastern time. Wow. Uh, that's tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, and I will plug uh, nothing, because I have nothing to plug. Uh, uh, and yeah, and I guess uh, we'll uh, continue to book our uh, live stream gigs. <laughs> right. Well, and that live stream money live just st- coming in. Live stream money just sort of just pouring uh, pouring its way way in. Um, and, and, and that's uh, that's something we can uh, both look forward to. Yeah, so go, I, I'll be watching uh, Chris on Live from the Shed tomorrow. See ya. See how see how you do there. See, yeah. Maybe have a I don't know, fun some fun stories or something. Oh, uh, one thing I do want to do is uh, before we go is also offer a shout out to uh, somebody named um, uh, on Instagram. His Instagram handle I believe is uh, let's see if I can pull it up. Uh, I believe his name is Jared Blake. He's a listener of ours. Uh, his Instagram handle, if you're interested in it, is uh, Bellevue Magician. Oh yes. Uh, so thank. Because uh, he uh, was very kind enough, uh, Jared was um, the Vanishing Inc. said, "Hey, you should listen to some magic podcasts because you have all this free time now." And they said, "Here's our favorites," and they put up about four or five of which we were not listed, uh, which is fine. And then he commented, "He goes, oh, the setup is also really good, so I appreciate the shout out there." And then uh, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but Vanishing Inc. Uh, com- responded to him and 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 qu- and I wrote the comment, "Yeah, smiley face." Oh. Uh, which to me says exactly one of two things. One, they've never heard of us before, and we're just trying to go, oh, 100%. yeah, that one too. Or two, they fucking hate our podcast, and are just trying to save some face and not start a beef. Um, uh, I guarantee it's the first. I, um, You know, they both offer a lot of comedic potential for the future of our podcast. Uh-huh. So I'll take uh, either of them. You know, I've got, I feel... Our, our cup runneth over, and I feel spoiled with riches. Uh, so I, I'm going to play that situation out. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll, yes. maybe we'll uh, hit back. I, I, that's no statement against Vanishing Inc. I like them very much, and they're a great company. But I think this is very funny. So uh, we'll where, see. Maybe, where, maybe we'll start a new beef with the Vanishing Inc. podcast. Where uh, was that over the comment, by the way? Uh, it was under the Vanishing It was Vanishing Inc. posted on Instagram. It was there. Um, oh, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting ha- having put up these videos this last week. It's interesting um, all the different ways you have to like, <laughs> like ma- if you make one video, you have to make it in like four different formats to uh, like have things look correct. Yeah. Oh yes, I see it. Yeah, smiley face. Yeah, smiley face. Yes, that one, I, that one hundred percent is. Let me see what they said to some. Yeah, so someone else suggested. Where, what about Magical Thinking Podcast? And they said, another awesome suggestion. So they yeah, 100%. Another great, another great choice. Uh, you know what? We should put up a fake one. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know, what about the Justin Willman hour? <laughs> <See what they're laughs> right. Um, anyway. Uh, Two Magicians, One Mike did get shouted out by Vanishing Inc. And it infuriates me to no end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I will I will stop at nothing to make sure Simon Cornell never gets what he wants. Uh, so well, interestingly, that, I, I think uh, I do think they should have shouted out Shazam. I think that's a very good podcast. Oh, um, they didn't. Yeah, right. And, uh, Bigger snubs than us. They got uh, Shazam got gerwigged. And of course, the biggest snub they didn't shout out the Penguin Magic podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hosted that by Eric funny. Tate. They didn't. Shout, I wonder why they didn't shout that one out. Well, I'll shout it out for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, if you're out of episodes on our podcast, go listen to Eric Tate host uh, the Penguin Magic podcast. Uh, that's a very good podcast. I enjoy that podcast. But, you know, yeah, it's fun. we're also at a time right now where uh, uh, really we'll just take any content that anyone gives us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anything. I, 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 I never thought it would take well, – I never could have guessed what it would have taken for you and your husband to sit down and watch the entire Marvel collection. <laughs> that, uh, that's what – a global so. pandemic is what it took. <laughs> Right, um, and, and I believe it also in light of this pandemic, you've started a fourth podcast. I did. I started a podcast with my friend Ashley, and I probably have a couple more. Like, why not? What else do I have? Uh, my friend Ashley right. and I, uh, my my good friend Ashley Ward, uh, hilarious. Are you improviser. about to fucking plug your podca- podcast yeah, yeah. right now? Why not? <laughs> wow, Chris, uh, no loyalty. Uh, no, uh, go ahead. What's it, what? Uh, uh, um, I, I actually, I, think, I like Ashley Ward a lot. I think she's incredibly talented. So go uh, listen to it for Ashley, not for Chris. Yeah, not for me. I say the same yeah. shit on all of them. I, uh, that one is called "I Ain't Worried" because she said that to me one time. 
about I'm somebody. Worried. And I thought it was a good title for a podcast to come out now. Did she say that? What Was that a product of her very charming Texas accent? Uh, Georgia, yes. Georgia? Oh, she's from Georgia? Yeah, I'm from Texas. She's from Georgia. Gotcha. You two just look too similar. I get you confused right. <laughs> every time I see you. Yeah, with, embarrassingly, I probably have like two or three more podcast ideas. Um, really? Uh, however, I will say that I just recently... Uh, uh, started with a podcast host that lets me create an unlimited amount of shows so. oh you told me about that <laughs> uh, uh, yeah great so. well um, I think that wraps it up for this week we will hopefully see you next week um, stay home uh, stay safe and uh, thanks for tuning in yeah we'll see you next time see you next time everybody